Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, away we go. Hour number three of our radio program. That's right. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio, live inside the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. Fun show so far. Sean Merriman joined us. Will Levis, Trevor Lawrence, Robbie Gold still to come. Uh, we'll be joined by Patriot wide receiver Kendrick Bourne, and that will uh, come your way 40 minutes from now. Um, you know, there's been crazy audio, obviously, the last two days, and it only gets dumber throughout the week. Uh, I know last night was pretty stupid with opening night, and everyone's trying to put out this uh, dog and pony show and make it a circus at uh, Allegiant Stadium. And, and I can't say that without acknowledging that we were a part of that as well, but that's just what happens on opening night. I, I think it's the one media event that the NFL puts on where everyone knows there's no control and you get a bunch of stupid questions. But throughout the week, the storylines just kind of get tedious. They kind of get dull. It's like, okay, just get me to kickoff. Just get me to the game. That's why I like being here at Radio Row. It works. You get all these different people that join you on set. You maybe talk about their team and what they did this year, like we did earlier with Will Levis, like we did earlier um, with Trevor Lawrence as well. And you kind of get a good lay of the land of the other 30 teams, even though there's only two teams that are playing on Sunday between the Kansas City Chiefs and the 49ers. And yeah, obviously we talk a ton about the Chiefs this week. We talk a, a ton about the 49ers. But when you move away from all the fun and all the inane and all the uh, innocuous questions that get asked last night, you know, you do have people that attend opening night and they ask their serious football questions. And, you know, football the last 20 years, it was dominated by the Patriots. And the Patriots, when they won their first Super Bowl, Super Bowl 36, especially with everything that happened in this country, it was a feel-good story. And then when they won Super Bowl 38, I don't think anyone hated the Patriots. And then once it became, you know, not even the three and four years, but it was really more so the Spygate investigation and that 07 Patriot team where it was the us-against-the-world mentality. And... You know, I'm not naive. I'm not dumb. When you are a dynasty, people hate you. And usually the hatred is just rooted in jealousy. It's because people want to be you. You know, people want to be the team that not only wins a Super Bowl, but multiple Super Bowls and just keeps on getting there. And when you win at this really high rate and you do so multiple times, you get confidence. You embrace and try to, I don't want to even say make up storylines, sometimes it's contrived, but you try to 
late into we're getting doubted. We're the hated team. Because you know at your best what you're capable of, and as a competitor, you have to try to create some sort of doubt, and then there's like little things that teams will turn into big things. So I guess Kansas City is now playing this villain role and that they're the new hated team and everyone's gunning after them. And I do think there's a difference in the team that everyone's hunting and the team that's trying to take down and then being the team that everyone's trying to hunt and take down and then also being the team that's hatred. So I didn't even think about this until last night, but here is uh, Chris Jones at the podium uh, on opening night on Monday, and he talked about now the Chiefs being that villain team and the Chiefs being a team that is now hated and have some disdain to them. Absolutely. For some reason, um, everybody used to love us. We used to be one of the most favorite teams. Now everybody is like, we're ready for the Chiefs to lose. I don't know why, what change, uh, what dramatic incidents happened to where everybody felt like we should lose now, but uh, it's okay. They can continue hating. I don't think the Chiefs are hated. I think the only time the Chiefs were a hated team and they were a team where people were like, enough of these guys, stop being a bunch of uh, babies and stop being a bunch of sore losers, was earlier this year in the regular season when they lost the game to Buffalo and Kadarius Toney was lined up offside. And then after the game, Patrick Mahomes was complaining and he was saying, oh, we want the officials to decide the game and uh, or we want the players to decide the game. We don't want the officials to decide the game. And Andy Reid, who's a very likable coach as well, right? Big uh, teddy bear, eats the cheeseburgers and all that stuff. Even he was complaining after that game. That was the only time that I found the Kansas City Chiefs to be a team that you could dislike or a team that you could hate. I know that they have to kind of rile up some some extra energy and they have to kind of make it as as they're the team that everyone hates. And it's easy now to kind of spin that conversation because you have so many people that just hate to hate on social media. But if we actually determined haters by people that just sent you negative tweets on social media, well, then everyone has haters and everyone is the team that is being hated. But I, I don't, I think if we put out a poll question, do you hate the Kansas City Chiefs? Unless you are a Chargers fan or a Broncos fan or a Raiders fan inside the AFC West, I don't think this Kansas City Chiefs team is hateable. Like the only reason you would hate Patrick Mahomes is because of his brother. You know, I know people don't like his wife and we know what his father has done now three times, which is absolutely disgraceful. But Patrick Mahomes is one of the more likable superstars ever. Him individually, when you, you take away his family, they don't have any reason to hate Patrick Mahomes. You know, why would people hate Andy Reid? Why would people hate Travis Kelsey? Like, if you are someone that goes, I hate Travis Kelsey because of Taylor Swift, why? And I'm, I'm going through these storylines. Okay, yeah, Kadarius Tony is insufferable, but he's kind of irrelevant. Outside of that, this Chiefs team is fun. This Chiefs team is likable. And I don't think that they resemble some, and they're not a dynasty yet because you have to win three, but a team that had the makings of a dynasty. And I say this as a Patriot fan. People didn't like the Patriots because of Bill. People didn't like the Patriots because of some of the things that they were accused of. And, you know, Tom Brady was the golden boy, and he won all these uh, Super Bowls. And they rubbed it in your face. And that was fine. I loved it, right? And, and, and they played into it, and people doubted them. Heck, there was a 10-year stretch where they didn't win a Super Bowl. But, Samter, 
I don't find Kansas City. I know you're a Fugazi Chiefs fan after being a Jet fan for 40 years? Yeah, 40 some. No, right? no, no. I didn't start liking the Jets 35? until. 35? Yeah, no, until like the late 80s, early 90s. I started liking the Jets when the Giants were good. Okay. So I wanted to like the team that sucked. But objectively. Yeah. You know, let's, we'll let people in on the shtick. Samter claims to be a Chiefs fan, and I don't really buy that. He's, he's still a Jet fan down uh, deep. Uh, d- down in your roots, you are, you're a Jet fan, whether you want to admit it or not. But this Kansas City team, what's the valid reason to hate them? Like, why would you hate this Kansas City team? I think there's a lot of hate. I mean, listen, people like you I'm said. they just win. Yeah, pe- people hate. Same, th- same reason why like, you can, it's hard to hate Tom Brady, but people hated him because he was always winning. And so I think people hate t- teams that are just constantly winning. But I think this Taylor Swift thing really put a new th- new wrinkle into really? it. Because it's but not that people... But just trolls and dopes on social media. Like, I don't Maybe. think that's a true reflection of society. I mean, She's I think She's on it's, for less than a minute every game. I think it's a true reflection of society because it's not just sports fans now. It's people who love Taylor and people who don't like Taylor. You're getting politics into it now, oh, right? Because now you have the po- political side of yeah. it. You know, Taylor leans one way and then other people on the other. So there's a political side of it. There's the music side it's of it. It's only two. I can't do politics on a Tuesday. I can't. I'm just saying that this is hitting every facet of America. This is a better microcosm of our country than a normal year of just Tom Brady versus, you know, Aaron Rodgers. This is everybody's interested. Whether it's pop music or politics or sports, everybody is interested. And I think that there's legitimately a faction of people who don't like the Chiefs because of what's going on with Taylor Swift. Not that she's doing anything wrong or Travis Kelsey's doing anything wrong, but her involvement in the way that it's being talked about is turning people off. So I think that there's that. I think there's How the is it winning being talked about? How is it being talked about? It's being talked about. Okay. The amount that it's so, being talked about. So I know that you're not one of these Swifty haters. No. Right? You would consider yourself more of a she's Swifty than my tight, a non She's dating my tight end. I love her. Yeah. Here's the thing. So let's just say your argument is correct. Let's say you're right. People hate the Chiefs now because of Taylor Swift. What does it say about those people? We are hating, or some people, I'm not, are hating on the Chiefs because a guy who's very successful and famous fell in love with someone who's even more successful and more famous, and they're not entitled to have a relationship? They're not allowed to have a relationship? He can't go to her concert? She can't go to his games? So are the people that are hating, are they married? Like, are they not allowed to find their significant other and have their happiness? Should I sit there and go, oh, I don't like your wife or I don't like your husband? Like, is that what it is? And I don't think... I know sometimes we do this thing where it's like, oh, you have someone that's just hating that lives in their mother's basement. Like, it's fun to say, but I don't think that's actually the true reflection. I, un- like, I think it may just be a generational thing. I understand social media. Mm-hmm. I understand what the stories are. I understand the trends. You know, I, I, I wonder if I watch a game with my dad. I haven't watched a Chiefs game with him. You know, I wonder if I was watching a game, you know, of him at the Super Bowl. My dad doesn't. You know, my dad is like a strictly sports guy, sports guy, sports guy, sports guy. Is he going to sit there and go, oh, they're showing too much Taylor Swift? I think my dad would say, show her as much as you are when they're winning than when they're losing. But my dad also said the same thing about Jerry Jones when he would be uh, basically humping Chris Christie in that disgusting orange sweater when the Cowboys were winning. 
well, in the regular season or just in three quarters, then equally show them when they're losing. So I don't think and – I, and I, I think maybe it could be a little older versus newer, but I, I don't believe people actually find the Chiefs right now hateable. The only reason or the only time where they were hateable was after that first Bills game because it's one thing to win – and I'm not like, I don't lecture people on learn how to lose because you shouldn't want to lose. And I don't get all caught up when someone doesn't shake hands after they don't win a game. But when you go after the officials, when you look at that play against Buffalo and Kadarius Tony was clearly lined up offsides, that's the only time I said, man, Kansas City finally had their villain moment. Kansas City finally became unlikable. But that didn't even last long. That was a week. And then Kansas City was kind of vulnerable, and we were like, eh, maybe they're not going to get there. And they were doubted. I, I, like, they are the top dog. I'm not saying they aren't the top dog. But this top dog was doubted significantly this year, where I don't even know if there was proper time and enough time to actually hate them. And maybe, maybe they become hateable on Sunday night. They win. And I don't think Travis Kelsey getting up on the podium saying, you got to fight for your right to party. Like, I don't find that hateable. I think Travis Kelsey's fun. I think Patrick Mahomes is fun. And Steve Spagnuolo is a tremendous defensive-minded coach. Andy Reid finally getting his moment of winning. Chris Jones saying this team is hateable, I think that's a contrived narrative. I think that's them where they know how good they are. They know that they could only beat themselves, that they kind of have to, and you shouldn't need extra motivation, but people do this all the time in sports. You kind of build up, we're the villain. We're the team that's everyone's doubting. And there's a difference in saying, we're the team that's hated, and then we're the team that everyone's chasing. Everyone's chasing Kansas City. The only team, well, the Buccaneers were able to do it, but now that Bucs team's totally different. But the team in the AFC and the guy in the AFC was Joe Burrow and also Lou Anaruma, the defensive coordinator. Those were the guys that were able to make Kansas City actually look vulnerable and actually be able to say, we could beat you, and they beat them three times in a row. I know they ended up losing an AFC championship game to them, but they also won an AFC championship game the year before. And that's the only team that we could actually believe in moving forward because of Burrow that they could slow down this Kansas City team. Maybe it is the Niners. The Niners on paper have a better roster. But I, I just want to separate, and it's often confused, and like remember the Venn diagrams and stuff in schools? It's sometimes when you have a team that's hated and then a team people are chasing, then there's usually some crosstalk from both sides that's blended in the middle. Look at me talking about Venn diagrams. I'm pretending to be an erudite person. But that's where I think you can allow yourself to believe you're actually hated when in reality I don't find Kansas City to be hated right now. And you know whatever they need to use for motivation good for them. Uh, if they feel hated then they can use it if they're yeah. if they're manufacturing it in order to just give themselves some in, in, interior motivation. Yeah. So be it. But I do I do see that there is anti Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey and again, I don't think it's how much they're showing them on Did you see that TV. last night? I didn't see that at all last night. Did anyone get into it with Travis Kelsey 
over Taylor Swift? Like, if there are actual haters, wouldn't no, you but, confront but them think, about it? No, but I think that there's the media, the way the media portrays it is different. I think that they are, hate. are you saying there's people in the media that are afraid to ask no, or no, no, voice no, no, their no, no, opinions no. to Travis Kelsey? No, no, Because no. if, uh, if I didn't like Taylor Swift, no. which I love Taylor Swift, I don't want the Swifties going after me, no. I would ask Travis Kelsey about it last night. I would say my side to him. That's not the issue. Again, I don't think the issue is anything with, well, I mean, I guess there are some people who just don't like t- Taylor Swift, but generally... The issue is not with Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey. The issue is with how the media is covering them and how inundated everybody is. You can't escape Kelsey Taylor Swift. If you are listening to so politics, it's there. No, no, no. But it if goes away if, if someone beats them. But but it's it's not about. But I mean, but if if you're if you're just a random person living in North Carolina and you're like, okay, I've been watching sports all day. All they're doing is talking about Taylor Swift, t- Travis Kelsey. Let me let me turn on some political. TV. Oh, you know what? They're talking about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Well, you, you know, know what? what? Let me go. Then let me go should... listen to music. Oh, wait, they're talking about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. That's where I think people are getting killed. They should thank. They should thank then Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey because if you are tuning into a political show and they are giving you Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, I bet they're you not it, giving you something else. I, I bet you it's better than whatever other uh, jackassery that they're talking about. For sure. I, I think. I think the issue is like the, the media. I don't think has an issue with them. I think it's the people who are just feeling just too much of it in our faces. But I think at the end of the day, in the sports world, the hate for the Chiefs, if there is any, if it's not manufactured, if it isn't fake, if there is actual hate for the Chiefs, if they are actual villains, it's only really because people are tired of them winning so much. Because there's not a lot Mm -hmm. of—there aren't dislikable characters on the team. I would say there's only a a handful of fan bases that could hate Kansas City. And and here here would be the fan. It's the bases. same fan bases who hated the Patriots. No, 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 no. It, it's it's different. All the teams in the AFC West. You could be you should be more mad at your teams for not getting their act together. But I would understand why you'd hate Kansas City. I think the Patriot fan could have the potential to hate Kansas City because of eventually the inevitable comparisons Mahomes and Brady. And I could see why that would, as it rubbed the 49ers fan the wrong way, it would rub the Patriot fan. The wrong way. And then the two other fan bases that I think could hate Kansas City, the Bengals, even though they've made them human, that's like a a good rivalry. They're always clashing heads and talking junk. And then after this Sunday, it could be the 49ers because that could prevent the Niners. The Chiefs could prevent the Niners from winning a Super Bowl or even two Super Bowls because they lost to them in January of 2020 and they could lose to them on Sunday. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't win this one on Sunday then I think the Niner fan will hate Kansas City. But outside of that, uh, Bills fans, uh, you know what? Bills fans can hate Kansas City, too. Sure. But you're telling me that if but you're— But that's like a handful of teams. But if you're, if you're telling me that you're a Packers fan or a Vikings fan no. or a Cardinals fan— No right to hate Kansas City. And you just enjoy watching You're just bitching a bitch. That's what you're doing. You're bitching to bitch, maybe. And a lot but of people also, bitch the bitch in this society. But you're also just tired of—it's the same reason, like, I'm a Jets fan, so I hated the Patriots because of that. But— I'm sure there were teams who had no connection to the Patriots, good or bad, who by title number four, five, yeah. six were like, I hate the Patriots because I'm just tired of seeing them there all the well, time. Well, then get better. Sure. Be a winner. Don't be a loser. That's what, my PSA. We're not doing Zach Gilb show PSA on Thursday. That's my PSA this but what, week. But when you're a fan, you, Be a winner. You don't be a loser. But if you don't like losing, then find out how to win. But, all right? But when you're a fan, you don't have control over the teams winning or losing. So you're just stuck. Being so forced, protest, the man changes. You're, yeah, but you're stuck being forced watching the same team over and over and over again. People <laughs> want to see greatness, and then they want to tear greatness Gl- down. Glue your hand down to the turf. There you and, go. And, and don't unglue it until your team wins a championship. There it is. All right? 
Oh, please. I hope we don't get any protests for these Super Bowls. If, I, if I'm sitting at the Super Bowl and I have some dope glue in their hand to the cement of Allegiant Stadium, oh, I hope they're not in my section because they, they will get an earful from, from yours truly. I, I will go after that person. I don't care what they're protesting about. Zach Gelb Show, CBS Sports Radio, coming on back from Mandalay Bay Radio Row at the Convention Center. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, it is Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. Kendrick Bourne scheduled to join us coming up 10 to 15 minutes from now. I was reading this article during the break, and this was uh, via the Move the Sticks podcast. I'm pretty sure that's Daniel Jeremiah's podcast. They had Lance Erline on who uh, is a local radio host in Houston, and he does a ton of NFL draft coverage, and he's great at previewing all of these prospects. And he was talking about Drake May, and this is what Lance Erline had to say. I talked to an NFL guy today who thinks Drake May could be the guy who falls in this draft. The NFL evaluator compared him to Will Levis. So that is what uh, you had Lance Erline telling Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. I don't know how much I buy that, but then yet again, and I know we had Will Levis on earlier and he talked about that fall in that, that green room. That's the same Will Levis that was projected to be bare minimum a top 15 pick last year, and he fell all the way out of the first round. You also remember the fall of Aaron Rodgers as well when he didn't go number one overall. A few years ago, we all thought Malik Willis was going to be a first round pick. That didn't happen as well. I just have a tough time seeing Drake May fallen that much. And I'm not big into evaluating quarterbacks anymore because most of the time we end up getting it wrong with quarterbacks. I'm not going to be afraid to do that. You know, I'm not afraid to be wrong about something. But a lot of times now, the quarterbacks... We get told this guy's going to be transcendent. This guy's going to be generational. This guy's going to be phenomenal. And is it more so an actual belief? Or is it 
the quarterbacks is just the sexiest position in the sport. If you don't have one, you need one. So you try to talk yourself into a quarterback being something that they're not. Like, look recently. Heck, we're here talking about Brock Purdy, who was Mr. Irrelevant. Patrick Mahomes, when the Chiefs traded up to get him, you know, now you could say, oh, what a brilliant move. But people don't think that was a brilliant move at the time. You got to take a gamble, though. And sometimes you got to be uncomfortable to end up navigating through a time period and getting your team to be at the form where Kansas City's going to be. But look at kind of these other drafts as well, where you had in one year in a first round, Baker Mayfield go. You had also uh, the third pick was Sam Darnold. And in that same draft, you had Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, and uh, then Lamar Jackson. Now, two of those quarterbacks ended up being something. Neither have a Super Bowl. And look at the Niners who are in a Super Bowl and how they found their way with Brock Purdy. But the guy that was supposed to be the guy and they traded three first-round picks to go get was Trey Lance. And look how quickly that entire draft class has just unfolded right in front of our eyes where the best player and the best quarterback in that first round of that draft class is Trevor Lawrence. And we just had Trevor Lawrence on the show about an hour, hour and a half ago when Trevor joined us. And I had to ask him a question What do you say to people that think you're a bust? Because he was perceived to be one of those generational guys. So I have a tough time seeing Drake May fall. But the first three picks to me in this draft are fascinating. And we had Robbie Gold on earlier, and he's talking about how you could surround Justin Fields with a lot in Chicago. I understand the argument. I've made the argument 9,000 times on on this very fine radio program where I've made the case for the Bears to trade the number one pick or you take Marvin Harrison Jr. and you continue to rock and roll with Justin Fields. But contractually, Fields is entering the fourth year in the league and you got the fifth year option. So you eventually have to, if you're going to give him the the thought of, okay, you're going to be the franchise quarterback, then you got to pay him like that. So I think they're going to reset the clock. And when you have Caleb Williams drawing comparisons to Patrick Mahomes, whether you think that's fair or not, you're going to take the guy that has the better chance to be like Patrick Mahomes. That's just what you're going to do. So I do believe the Bears are taking a quarterback at one, and I do believe it's going to be Caleb Williams. I got to think, I know that Cliff Kingsbury is now the OC for the Commanders, and some people now believe because of the Cliff-Caleb Williams relationship that the Commanders are going to move up to one, and, uh, and uh, Caleb Williams right, grew up in the D.C. area. But I, I don't think the Bears are trading the pick, and I don't think they're not taking... Caleb Williams. So then at two, are the commanders, when you have a new owner, a new GM, and a new head coach, and you have a head coach in in Dan Quinn, who saw, I know it wasn't, he wasn't the coach at the time, but the general manager who, who was at the time, Thomas Dimitrov, he took Matt Ryan at number three. You're telling me that the commanders who need to make a big splash aren't taking a quarterback? Yeah, they absolutely will take a Drake May. They will take a Jaden Daniels. Then the team at three. One and two will definitely be quarterbacks. And then the team at three becomes extremely compelling, and that's the Patriots. And Gerard Mayo basically said it without saying it that the Patriots are going to take a quarterback. And I believe Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player, period, in this draft. I think he is the best player, and he's the one guy in this draft that you tell me you put all the money that you have on someone being a Hall of Famer, I'll put my money on Marvin Harrison Jr. And we are now in a league where wide receivers can make $30 million a year. 
to one of those teams in the top three, take Marvin Harrison Jr.? You know, maybe it ends up being the Bears if they don't trade fields. Could it be the Patriots? I'd be fine as a Patriot fan bypassing on a quarterback now, building up the roster, and taking Marvin Harrison Jr. But even if Marvin Harrison Jr. goes on to have a Hall of Fame career, and you pass on a quarterback who goes on to be a Hall of Famer as well, let's say that's a Drake May or Jaden Daniels, the quarterback is going to get the edge. The quarterback is going to get the tiebreaker because that's the toughest position to find in sports. You know, look at a guy like Puka Nakua. Look, I know that we've seen quarterbacks get drafted late. A Brady, uh, who goes on to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, you've seen Dak Prescott get drafted late, have success in this league. We see what Brock Purdy's doing right now. But a lot of these wide receivers, more wide receivers that go on to have successful careers that weren't first-round picks than there are with quarterbacks. So you can probably craft a better argument why you should take the quarterback over the wide receiver. But just from a pure confidence standpoint, I do believe Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player, period, in this draft. So when I look at the draft, will any of these teams in the top three, the Bears, the Commanders, and the Patriots, will they deviate off a quarterback? If the answer is yes, then okay. Caleb Williams ain't falling. It would either be Drake May or Jaden Daniels. And maybe, this is just one evaluator, maybe other people share that belief. And you have to remember in this draft process, it's just one evaluator. You never know the motives of the person trying to evaluate that player. That person that is giving this evaluation to Drake May may want him to land on his team, so he's trying to create this conversation to get him fall. And every year, you hear things about guys that don't match up with the way that we talked about them for the last year, the last two years, the last three years. And it's because you have these evaluators anonymously speaking, and they're paid for by teams, and they're try- trying to potentially drive the price down on someone, or they could be their genuine thoughts. But I, I just, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's like the Anna Rossini thing. I'm not doubting the reporter. I'm not doubting here Lance Zerline, but I'm doubting the person that's giving the information. Those could be their thoughts, but it doesn't mean that the thought is right, and it doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. So right now, I would still be pretty stunned if Drake May's not going in the top five picks of the draft, and I would still be pretty surprised if we don't have two quarterbacks go in the first three picks, and I would kind of almost be surprised if we don't see three quarterbacks go in the first three picks as well. All righty, it is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll come on back. We want to leave plenty of time for Kendrick Bourne, who is scheduled to join us. been an action-packed show uh, today with Sean Merriman, Will Levis, Trevor Lawrence, Robbie Gold. And we got one more segment, one more conversation to get to. And Kendrick Bourne, uh, who played for the 49ers, uh, we'll see if he's back in New England. I thought he was in the doghouse of Matt Patricia, which I don't understand why. And that was two years ago. But a lot of chaos in New England. You got a new coach uh, who's been on that staff and played for the team for years in Gerard Mayo. Let's get a lay of the land on the Patriots and the future of Kendrick Bourne, who has a good insight on the 49ers as well when we return in five minutes. Update time first. Let's send it back to our New York City uh, headquarters. And here is Rich Ackerman. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All righty, welcome back in inside the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. We got a Patriot, or we'll see if he's a Patriot moving <laughs> into next year, but he's a Patriot the last few seasons joining us on set. And that, of course, is Kendrick Bourne, also played for the San Francisco 49ers as well. Kendrick, appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Zach. Appreciate it, dude. Pleasure to be here. Uh, so who's your who's your favorite musician? Yeah, I, I, one of these Super Bowls, right. the Backstreet Boys were on, I kind of... I had PR people yelling at me, you can't do this, you can't do this. And, and they were great. They did that rejoin that you just heard. But you're getting ready for a game or you're just chilling on, on a Friday night. Who are you listening to? Uh, who I'm going with, my go-to might be, I'm trying to think, man. I want to pick a good person. You give me a few. It probably might be like some Lil Wayne. Okay. Drake. Crazy. Lil Wayne doing a lot of yeah, parties Lil, this yeah, week. Yeah, Lil, Lil Wayne. I've got invited to three different parties this week, and it's like headlined by Lil Wayne, and two of them were in the same night. I go, how's it going to be at two places at once? But I guess when you're him, you could probably go to one place for 30 exactly. minutes, and then you go to another place, and, exactly. and you go for like two hours, something Maybe like some that. Meek Mill, get me turned oh, up, yeah. get me hyped up. I, I lived in Philly for, for, for seven years. Oh, Meek yeah. Mill, he got, when he got out of prison, I was at the Sixers game, working the Sixers game, I am in the elevator <laughs> with Meek Mill right what? as he got released. He goes uh, with the guy that runs Fanatics, Michael Rubin, who's very yeah, close with you, so yeah. in the Sixers, and they went right to the game. So getting released from prison, Crazy. going right to the game, and somehow I found my way in an elevator with <laughs> Meek out, Mill. Shout out Robert Kraft. Yeah. Shout out Robert Kraft, Mike Rubin. <laughs> That's right. Well, unfortunately, you don't know what it's like to, to win a Super Bowl in New England. You, you were a part of them when they weren't good, Man. but uh, those Super Bowl parties used to be Meek Mill there. And then all of a sudden, he started rooting for his uh, hometown team, the Eagles, again. <laughs> hey, uh, What's the name? Oh, Robert Kraft showed me a Dream Chasers chain. Uh, he, yeah. He, Meek Mill gave him. It was crazy heavy at his house. It was great, though. Was Robert great. Kraft, like, friendly with Rick Ross. He's friendly with he Meek is. Mill. He's he, young. He's he, young. He's the youngest, like, 80-year-old that I've ever encountered, it's Robert Kraft. It's phenomenal, bro. It's phenomenal. All righty. So I have to ask you this. All right. I can't stand Matt Patricia. <laughs> I liked him when he ran the defense. On the right. offensive side of the ball, mm -hmm. it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Why did he put you in the doghouse? Because I hated what he did to you. Ah, man, that's a good question, dude. I really don't know, man. I, I was coming off my best year. Yeah. And so I was thinking, you know, I'm going back in. I'm going to be able to be out there and whatever. And I guess he just had different plans. So I'm not sure, man. Uh, I, I can honestly say, too, you know, I could have been better in, in certain areas, but I was getting into the game with it, uh, feeling feeling sorry for myself. So I kind of fell victim to the situation. I could have approached it probably differently as I think about it now. But... Also, you know, when you have your best players, you give your best players the opportunity to play, I feel like. And I, that's who I was coming out of 2022. So it was just a tough situation, man. And it just sucks, bro. It was, yeah. it was something new. We thought we were going to get somebody different. And I think it was just ultimately not the right choice to put him in that position. And that's the thing. I'm a common sense guy. Yeah. I, I don't have a Ph.D. in football. I'm not going to sit here like all these other dopes on Radio Row and be like, oh, I'm going to tell you about this coverage. I'm going to tell you how to run this route tree, all that stuff. I'm not going to do that. Exactly. But when you bring a defensive guy to run your offense, it had to stop the yeah. development of not only Mac Jones, but the yeah. rest of the offense. It made yeah. no sense. And you probably sitting there as a player saying, what the heck's going on? 
Uh, and and that's the hard part is like I said, falling into why 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 yeah. kept you know I couldn't focus on getting better because I'm thinking the same thing you just asked me why is he ROC why that and and I think it just trickled through the whole year of of, of so much questioning instead of we are who we are we're still trying to figure out who we are in week nine ten like bro we're supposed to be already found our identity and I think we struggled with that so we struggled all year did you like playing for Belichick I loved playing for Belichick man and it's different than what you just asked me you know he knows what he's doing he Mm -hmm. he's been so familiar with everything and I think Matt Patricia is too he knows football but Bill just knows the game to a T so um I just loved everything he taught me man how he he made me grow as a player, man. He helped my career. He changed my life. He, he paid me, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm always thankful for that, man. He helped me change my family's life and things like that. So I don't take that for granted. And ultimately, uh, just as a person and as a player, ultimately, too. And so I just love that guy, man. I really do. Was Mac Jones liked in that locker room? Mac Jones was really liked. I think it, it was rough in 2023. Uh, 2022, obviously, was rough, as you just talked about. Yeah. And then 2023, it got more rough. So I think it just... It was two years of, of, of roughness, of, of kind of rebuilding and trying to find who we were. And I think it was just a, it was kind of a toxic place. People pointing the fingers and things like that in the locker room. Not too bad, but you could feel the energy. You know, I've been a part of a winning locker room, mm-hmm. as you know, in San Francisco. And, I, and it was just different. It was, it was harder um, to, to get through those situations. So I don't say he wasn't liked. It was just everybody's point of view is different. So I love Mac. I have a good relationship with him, but I couldn't tell you how somebody else felt. So I think it was just different emotions about him. So you're a free agent now. Mm -hmm. How do you kind of look forward to these next few months and Mm -hmm. and what's ahead for you? Um, Obviously, you know, I hurt my hurt my knee. Yeah. And, uh, How you feeling, by the way? I, I'm feeling well. You're walking around pretty good. Oh, thank you, bro. I didn't even, I was like, I remember that you were injured, but I'm like, hey, it <laughs> looks look, fine to me. Thank you, bro. I, I need that. You know, I need that all over the radio. But um, so I, I'm doing great, man. 20 rehab's million a year. <laughs> give it to him. <laughs> come on, come on. I've, been, I've been doing well, man. Rehab's been doing, been going great. And uh, just going into free agency, you know, I've uh, been in it once, uh, obviously, and it, I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I I never thought the Patriots would want me, so I'm kind of in that same boat. I don't know who has interest in me, really. I have relationships throughout the league that I've played for certain coaches, former coaches that are head coaches now, OCs now. So it's really just up in the air, you know. I've built good relationships and going around, you know, being a good person, you know, really treating people with respect, coaches, um, not looking at things as, you know, this was bad for me, so I don't like this coach anymore. He was just trying to make me better. So looking at things in the right perspective has helped me build relationships so I could be picked up by who knows. And I didn't have a relationship with Bill or nothing, so it was crazy that I got picked there. So going into free agency, I really just don't know. And, and I would love to be a Patriot again, though. That is that is my 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 uh, desire. But, you know, never know, man, with this league. It's a, it's a business. So. Can you impersonate Belichick? <laughs> Let me see. Uh, you got. You see, this is what you got. So do. we're in a team meeting. Yeah. We're in a team meeting. I'm gonna say what he said to me. So he'll put me on the board. If I if I drop the pass or something, like, I mean, born. What are you doing? You, you're supposed to be right here right now, and then you do this. I mean, it's just bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he'd do that or something, if, and he'll call me out or whatever it may be. So it, he's it probably cool. sound a little bit more like this. You know, uh, <laughs> Kendrick. <laughs> You're all concerned about this clothing brand that you have. Can you just catch the damn ball that and, is, and make a play? Hey, that you know, was way do, better than me. Do your job. Do your job well, Kendrick. All right? Stop bitching about Patricia. That is spot on. Spot on. But uh, I love him, dude. I love him. He's, he's great. Bro. Are you shocked? Like, I'm not shocked that he's not back, but are you shocked that he did not get employed by one of these other teams? I'm shocked. I'm super shocked. You know, I just... 
I love the way he goes about things. I, I love the old school mentality. It's just, um, it's just, it's just different eras. I feel like there's mm -hmm. new age players, man. This NIL stuff, all these things that come into play with how players' mindsets are. You know what I mean? Uh, I think his the hard work mentality is is tough for him to resonate with certain players that don't have that perspective yet. You yeah. know, they don't know how to earn. They've kind of been given things in college in a sense. So, I think that's where the the miscommunication uh, with certain players with Bill is hard. So, um, but I, I hope hopefully he gets somewhere, man. That'd be cool. You, or whatever he does, you, media, whatever. You need to now, I think, be a player's coach, but you can't be a doormat. Yes. Like, I, I look at Dan Campbell, player's mm. coach, but has the respect of the locker room. Great, Antonio great Pierce, example. player's coach, has the respect of the locker room. A, a guy like Gerard Mayo, he seems like he's that new style football mm -hmm. coach. Your experience with mm -hmm. Gerard being on the staff the last few years, mm -hmm. how do you think he'll do as a head coach? That's a great question. He's going to do great, man. Uh, just knowing him, walking around the locker room, seeing him every day. He was consistent every day. He'd walk around with like a bat one day, walk around with a golf club one day, mm -hmm. walk around with like a hockey stick one. It was so, <laughs> so weird, but it was so unique. And it showed me that he is like different. He's just different. And uh, that's that's the energy we need. Something just different and unorthodox, bro. So that's the new wave, a young coach, um, young perspective and, and very relatable. So I was talking to Robbie Gold earlier mm -hmm. and Robbie you, guys, Gold. you guys are a part of the Niners, Robbie obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are, you know, I don't need me to tell you this, you guys are up 10 with seven and a half to play in the oh, Super Bowl man, man. and you couldn't get the job done. This man. Niners team, you still knowing people on this mm -hmm. team. Is this their time or is it still, man, that 15's a bad dude and they don't got a chance? That is, I'm, I'm in between. So I'm kind of biased because I didn't go back to the Niners and I'm not in the Super Bowl. And I also don't want Patrick Mahomes to win. So I, I want it to be a tie, <laughs> ultimately. But uh, no, nah, I want the Niners to get them, man, because uh, like you said, I got a lot of relationships there. I love those guys. I've worked hard with them, blood, sweat, and tears into it. And uh, we weren't able to finish it off. Like you said, man, we were up. 10 points, seven minutes of with the ball, and we couldn't finish it. So if they get in that situation again, hopefully they can finish it out, man. And, and there were there were two things that stood guys. out to me in that game. The the pass that was overthrown to Emmanuel yes. Sanders, and then Chris Jones batting that ball down at the line of scrimmage on third mm. down when Kyle should have ran the football. <laughs> yeah, so I think Kyle has a big job of knowing when to run the ball. They, the rumor was back then we didn't run the ball enough. You know, mm -hmm. I, I wasn't a, a coach or nothing, but we didn't yeah. run the ball enough, and uh, so hopefully Purdy can it's make easier to run the ball now. Exactly. So they and they have all the tools, man. Christian, uh, he's back there running the ball great. Debo and and Ayuk. Did have you like playing with Debo? Yeah. Debo good. hung up the phone on me this summer in an interview. Oh, yeah. that was you. Yeah. Oh my gosh, bro! That guy. We were just bro. talking about the Eagles, and, and then he just handed the phone off the VR first. I have nothing against Debo. He's a heck of a football player, but he's a superstar guy, man. Yeah. Just, you know he. That's how some of them act, bro. He just seems like he's all ball. Like that's like he doesn't want to talk to the media. He doesn't want to do it. He just wants to play football. He, as we see, he's a he's a football player. Tra Tra Travis Kelsey, different. Taylor Swift. Do they end up getting engaged one day? Man, bro, that that's why I think they're gonna win. That's why they wanted to be. Um, you know, is it scripted? <laughs> I don't know, bro. Uh, I'm like I'm in between, bro. I'm in between. So, um, she's so famous, bro. She's bringing in money for the league. You know, it looks good on us. You know, I'm part of the league. I'm part of shit. Yeah. So. I mean, however they want to do it. I mean, that's cool. But uh, one day getting married, I'm, I'm, I, I believe in marriage. I'm married. Been married. Mm -hmm. I'm going three years. So yeah, that'll be, <laughs> <laughs> be a good thing. That'll be a good thing. All right. Before we let you run, tell me everything about uh, your clothing brand. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you, bro. So my clothing brand is Born Blessed. You know, no matter what you've been through, you were born blessed. Uh, I think it's a perspective mindset, uh, just how you think about things, you know. Uh, 
anything bad happening to you, you know, it, it can be to make you better. It's not about um, why me or anything like that, like I was trying to explain through the interview. And um, I think that's the mindset behind, you know, the brand that I'm trying to build is, is having a good perspective to use the, the trials and tribulations that you've been through to make you better, man. And I think that's what I've done to, to have a successful career so far, man. So shout out to Born Blessed, man. BornDrip.com is the website if you want to buy some clothes, man. And uh, just trying to grow it, trying to do everything, man, being an entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm going to be transparent with you. <laughs> I do not think you're back in New England next year. <laughs> no, be, no because, because from your perspective, uh-huh. right, you're getting later in your career. Mm-hmm. you got one more contract here. Mm-hmm. I, I could already tell you people are going to doubt you because yes. of coming off the injuries. I think you end up going to a title contender, oh, and the Patriots wait. right now aren't one of them. I appreciate that, Zach. That's what I'm saying. So, honestly, what I was just saying uh, earlier to my agent that, you know, we were in a rebuild, so they might take off. I don't want to miss that. You know, I was with the Niners in that, yeah, in it that could, era. It could change quickly. Look at the yeah. Texans this year. Oh, my goodness. But so, you got to draft a quarterback. But you're like right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, it, it's not brain surgery here. You got to get some talent. You got to get a do. quarterback, and you got to get a coach. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, man, we'll see, man, where I end up. I'm excited, mm-hmm. man. I, I love the unknown, man, just having faith, man. You know, God got it in his hands, and he's going to put me – where I need to be to help certain people. It's all ordained in a sense. So Well, that's I'm why excited. they say you were born blessed. <laughs> yes, sir. Patrick Bourne, appreciate you Thank joining you, us today. It's the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. That's actually all the time we have today. We'll be back tomorrow. That was an awesome three-hour show. We'll do it all again tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. It's the Zach Gelb Show. We out. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 